0: Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Man, it's already January 11th, where January's just screaming by. Well, I hope your uh, January 11th is off to a great uh, start this morning. And uh, if you're first time tuning in, this is the Automation Morning Show, where I cover what's new and happening in industrial automation. And of course, my name is Sean Tierney from Insights in Automation. And with that said let me go over here and look at the board we are using new software to stream to facebook linkedin youtube uh, twitter x and uh, rumble so we're going live now and to all those platforms and uh, the audio edition will be available later in the day if you're listening to us uh, via the podcast and uh, everything looks great the audio looks good i know it was a little low uh, earlier last time we used this software the, the volume was a little low so i've cranked that up and uh, hopefully everything's working on your side. I do have the chat up. It's a new chat, so I'm not sure of all the functions and features of it. But uh, with that, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, and um, the first thing we'll do is we'll thank our sponsor here, Siemens. They're sponsoring today's show, so it's ad-free. So we really appreciate their sponsorship today. If you want to learn more about Siemens, um, you'll see a link there in the uh, with all the other links over at automate.news. From there, we go over to our first press release today. And I thought this was interesting. Uh, ABB acquires 7Sense. Now this is an AI enabled mobile uh, mobile robot startup. And I think it was best as described down here. They are a leading provider of AI enabled 3D vision navigation technology. So congratulations to 7Sense and ABB on the acquisition. From there, we go over to Profi News, and I think we covered this late last year, but uh, they're announcing here that um, IO-Link Wireless is now an international standard. So if you don't know about IO-Link Wireless, check out our Core Tygo, uh episode of the Automation Podcast. You can do some really cool high-speed, uh, you know, uh, communications with hundreds of devices with IO-Link Wireless. Um, but in any case, uh, this is, uh, in this article, they're talking about how IO-Link... Wireless is now part of the IEC 61139 3 standard. And uh, so, congratulations to the IOLINK folks. From there, we go over to Emerson. They just announced a new pilot operated relief valve for enhanced storage tank reliability and protection. So, you can see it right there. So, congratulations on the release of their new Fisher 63 EGLP 16 device. And Pepper and Fuse has a, a new um, article out about their um, portfolio of safe absolute linear positioning systems which go all the way up to SIL3 and PLE and uh, they have one that uh, is uh, for safe absolute, absolute positioning which is um, you know takes in two read heads here that takes in two read heads to give you safe position and safe speed detection they had another one here that uses a um, data matrix code to give you the absolute position. I think we've covered those. You know, you put that code along the, let's say it's a hoist or, or, um, or some type of crane, right? You put that tape along it and this will, uh, with the vision and the block, will give you the precise uh, location of where you are on that, uh, let's say a long hoist system. So very interesting products from PNF. From there, we go over to SMC, They have a new flow controller for ear out. They've been releasing a lot of updates to their flow controller uh, lines, and we've been seeing those over the last few weeks. And one of the things that stands out to me on this one, though, is the display. Very interesting, high visibility, lots of colors on it, and uh, just uh, very cool stuff here. So for those listening to the podcast, this is the PFC-A7 series. Next up, we have uh, a new announcement from Keyence. And I don't know if this product was just updated or brand new. It seems like it's an update to the product. But in any case, this is their confocal displacement sensor, the CL3000 series. And of course, the link includes uh, links to the catalog and all that. But this it gives you the ability to measure uh, thicknesses of products, whether they be liquid or solid. And uh, they say it's great for uh, thickness measurement. Um, you, can, you, know, you can see if you have multiple sheets, you can see how thick it is. And it works with all kinds of surfaces, including mirrored um, surfaces, unfinished metals, ceramics, and adhesives. So if you're looking for that type of product, there's a new one out there from Keyence. And from there, we go over to this article. And I'm including this not because I think most of you are going to be building your own industrial computers and need an industrial uh, PC motherboard from AS Rock Industrial. But the fact that they're promoting that they now have these motherboards available with core 14 gen Intel processors, uh, I think that's important because I see a lot of people they're bragging about having 12th gen and 12th gen is now two gens old. So just releasing a 12th gen now, I don't understand the the, uh, the thought process of people being so proud and having press releases of having an older industrial computer um, generation of Intel uh, support. So. Uh, With that said, um, one thing I do want to say about this, and I've heard rumors about this, but, um, you know, Intel's Core 14, right? So Gen 14 of Intel's iCore processors, they're calling it a refresh. So it's really the 13th Gen, just a refresh. It's not a brand new generation. So very interesting there. I haven't been over to Intel's website or any of the computer websites to read up about that and why they didn't just come out with a new Gen like they typically do every couple of years. But in any case, uh, just be aware that you not may not get as much bang for your buck by going from thirteen to fourteen as you typically would like, maybe going from twelve to thirteen. So just keep that in mind when you're looking for uh, your next gen computers. Uh, With that, let's go over to our next article. Teledyne, uh, Dalsa has a new edition of their um, their vision software. This is called their uh, Sapira Vision software. So if you're using Teledyne uh, Dalsa cameras, and um, I know them as just Dalsa before, before Teledyne bought them, but in any case, if you're using that software, there's a bunch of new features. I'm not gonna go through it here, but I did wanna uh, mention that out to the audience this morning. Now, from there we go to Automation Direct. I noticed that they have uh, a new post here on their Z-Range safety switch systems. This allows you to have up to 30 safety devices interconnected in one string, go into a single safety relay. So if you're looking for a product like that, I know a lot of vendors have those, but this was new today, so I wanted to cover it on the show. Uh, From there, we go to new products of January from Profi News. This is Profibus, ProfiNet International. They also do IO-Links and Omlocks. And I think they added something else recently too, I don't remember. But in any case, let's run down these new products. First of all, we have the world's first, you've seen this a lot lately with Ethernet APL, We have the world's first certified ProfiNet over Ethernet APL temperature transmitter. Remember, Ethernet APL or single peer Ethernet, right? Which is a kind of a simpler version of Ethernet APL, right? Ethernet APL includes uh, intrinsically safe, you know, uh, for explosive environment type uh, certifications. In any case, um, Ethernet APL is just a physical layer, right? So it's a peer of Ethernet, uh, it's a single peer Ethernet type network. But it's just a physical layer, so you can put really any protocol over that. But the thing is, getting certified over Ethernet APL because you have to go through all the testing again. So this new iTemp TMT86 from Endress Hauser, one of the one of the uh, partners or founders of Ethernet APL that that consortium consortium, um, they um, they definitely uh, uh, you know have the world's first now uh, iTemp TMT86 temperature transmitter over Ethernet, you know, Profinet over Ethernet APL. Um, another product we've already talked about, but I did want to bring up today, because it's on this list, is the um, remote I.O. modules with Profinet from Acromag. Right, so we talk about Acromag, and Acromag, the, the, avid, the uh I don't know, the uh, cartoon uh, spokesperson for Acromag. And we've talked about their I.O. system before, and how they supported, uh, I believe it was Ether IP and Modbus TCP. But they recently added Profinet, and so that's that announcement's finally made it to uh, to uh, the Profi news. We also have a new vacuum transducers with Profinet from Thyracon's Thyracon. And so, if you're looking for those, that's there. And from Sick, a vendor we know very well. We have a new laser distance sensor with IO-Link, and this is the DT-80. I believe we did cover this last year when it came out. As far as servo motors with Profinet, Applied Motion Products also has a new line of servo motors with, um, let's see here, they're uh, 100 watt to 3 kilowatt with torque up to 11 newton meters, okay? And it speeds up to 6,000 RPM. So uh, those have... Uh, various models support motion control through PROFINET protocol. And then, of course, we have another one from Nanotech, which is a compact drive with PROFINET. And, uh, and that's it. So a lot of new products for January that either have PROFINET or IO-Link in them. From there, we go over to our featured product today. Today, we're featuring in honor of our sponsor, Siemens. We have our very own Siemens S7 1200 and 1500 course. This is an online course. This is a buy once, own forever. And uh, you get all the future updates for free, and uh, you get support. And that's why we have so much equipment. Thanks to Siemens, we have so much equipment so we can support you. If you have questions, it's all here, ready to be powered up and uh, go live if you have a question that you need us to look at. So in any case, that's over at theautomationschool.com. Next up, we have a story from Opto22. They just uh, released a new firmware update for their I.O. modules. And I thought this was uh, very interesting because what they did is they added... Um, based on feedback, um, to their, uh, DC input modules, they added the ability to sense AC, right? So I believe it's 10 to 24 or 10 to 35. Let's see if we can find it here, 10 to 25 volts AC. So they added that feature with a firmware update. So apparently the hardware was already rated for, uh, AC inputs. They just never did anything in the software or firmware to support that. So, uh, uh you know, great to see vendors adding that kind of support after the fact. So from there, we go over to Copia. Now Copia, who last year we talked about when they added um, support for TIA Portal, um, they now have support for Siemens Step 7 uh, 5.x. So a lot of people have stayed on version five, they didn't go to TIA Portal, and so you can now use Step 7 5.x um, with Copia. So Copia's Source control allows you to store your, uh, your, uh, your automation code inside of a GIP based system, as well as it has uh, what we call device link, where it goes out and uploads those and runs comparison reports for you. We have had them come on the, the, uh, the show twice to talk about it. So if you're interested, check out the Automation Podcast. From there, we go over to Anybus and um, they have some new news here. Their wireless bot Two now supports roaming. So they have this wireless device for AGVs and, and AMRs. And uh, um, previously it didn't support roaming. Now it does, roaming's important because if you have an AMR or AGV that's going between buildings, which is not so uncommon, right? Or between, a lot of times you'll have two buildings which are merged together, but the wireless, they need two different wireless networks. So, or you'll have tunnels or corridors that go between buildings. So roaming can be very important. So congratulations to any of us on this update. From there, we go over to the Grace. They have a new article this week. They usually drop one every Wednesday. And uh, this one's about enhancing your industrial control panel safety um, and efficiency by adding uh, bulkhead connectors. And so everybody knows Grace for their Grace ports and other products, but in any case, so if you're interested in that, another interesting article from Grace Technologies. Next up, I'll tell you the guys over at Aviva are working overtime. They dropped a ton of product update blogs and videos. So it seemed like every product manager over at Aviva uh, did a a product update blog and video so i'm not going to show them all so I, I just picked a few of them the first one i picked was aviva historian and i was very curious about this to see if it was the same or different from pi historian from what i read and there's not a lot of information i could find on this quickly this morning but um this is not pi historian this is not OSI Pi. this is um they used to call it wonderware historian so in any case apparently it works with any system and so they have an update if you're using the aviva historian then the R2 release for 2023. There's a bunch of new features in there. Um, also, I thought was interesting is Aviva Plant SCADA. That's the old SciTech. So, SciTech was an up and coming, really popular uh, SCADA system. I believe it was from Down Under, and uh, a lot of people were using it, and it was generating a lot of buzz, I think, in the early 2000s, if I remember correctly. And, uh, well, they bought them. So, um, they've relabeled the uh, SciTech SCADA aviva plant skater and i'm very curious how does that differ in functionality because i thought there was a lot of overlap there with uh, wonderware Intouch. so in any case but there's an update on that if you're using that product and then if we go over to the final one this one is the aviva in touch hmi update and they added some really cool stuff including udts right so very cool a lot of plcs have those kind of structures so they wanted to add that into their uh, software they also added svg imports and some other really cool stuff now i did reach out to the product marketing manager on linkedin not all of them check on them but I, I did reach out to them to see if i can get them on the automation podcast we've had so many great skater vendors on but we've never been able to get anybody from aviva on so well, who knows if you know somebody at aviva encourage them to come on our show uh, the automation podcast or a new show i'll talk to you about in a little bit um that we have we call tech talk so in any case from there we go over to a story from universal robots now they have a new story about cobot welding we've seen cobot welding now cobots you know when we first started the show cobots were in the news a lot but towards the later part of last year we've seen a lot about cobot welding and universal robots has a new article out called cobot welding from science project to mainstream automation in six short years so we've seen a lot of vendors getting in on this um welding you know there's a lot of Parts of industry where there's labor shortages, right? A lot of the younger generation, they don't look at welding as part of their future. They're more high tech. They've grow up with touch screens They want to do more in that space, and uh, a lot less people are, you know, gravitating towards the more manual jobs. So those jobs still need to get done. So people are looking for a way to automate them. You know, it's just like when the car came out, right? You, you know, the people who are making buddy, buggy whips had to uh, had to find new jobs doing something else. And that's the way that's the way technology works, right? It People uh, gravitate to the newer stuff and the older stuff needs to be automated somehow. And uh, we've seen that in farming. We've seen that in transportation in so many different industries. But in any case, so this is a new article from Universal Robots. From there, we go over to an article from Siemens. I thought this was very interesting. Predictive maintenance. right? So that's that's been something we've talked about for decades. But here they're comparing the proof of concept, which is to the, the say that does it technically work? Right. So a lot of times you do a proof, proof of concept. Hey, can I collect all this data from all these things and produce the reports I need? And they can contrast that to proof of value. Right. So a lot of times, you know, you, you place the order if the proof of concept works. But is there any value there? Will anybody actually use the reports? Or can you can you incentivize the people to actually use and monitor the reports that the system generates? And so I thought it was an interesting article. So I uh, included in today's list. Uh uh, talking about Siemens, um, one of the new shows I've started for 2024 is called Tech Talk. Now, we've had uh, episodes of the Automation Podcast, where, which were Tech Talks, but uh, and with this one, I really wanted to um, just do something totally different. So we've had a lot of people I've invited on the Automation Podcast to give us like a formal presentation, and a lot of vendors have said, you know, I'm not comfortable doing that. I'd rather just do like a kind of like a roundtable discussion about it and so we haven't been able to cover those products because we couldn't find people to come on and do their presentations right and so that's why i started this new live stream it's called tech talk or automation tech talk and uh we i talked to you know who was going to be my guinea pig well the people who have been on my show the most siemens uh, they've been a great support of the show we've also had rockwell on a lot and a lot of other vendors i don't want to now i'm naming vendors i don't want to forget banner and and pnf and all the people who have been so awesome coming on our shows But in any case, Schneider, we've done a lot with Schneider lately. But uh, in any case, so I figured if there was one guinea pig, I'd I'd have the folks from Siemens come on. And uh, we did our first tech talk on Tuesday after the morning show. And we talked about, we just sat around and talked with the product experts on their virtual PLC, the Siemens S7-1500V. And very interesting conversation, of course, you know, I'm trying to juggle with, Simulation and digital twin and soft PLCs and virtual PLCs, and trying to get that all straight in my head during the conversation. And, um, I don't know if you're like me when you think of edge, you're thinking small, compact, and inexpensive. I don't know why I think that, but you know, not all edge applications are small, inexpensive, and compact. So, in any case, I thought it was a great episode. If you kind of like that, this will be available audio only in the future. I just got to find the time to set up a new podcast. I do have the audio recording ready to go. But uh, you know, just choosing like, I don't know, anyways, I won't bore you with the details. But um, someday I will be hiring people to do some of these smaller things for me. But in any case, um, I thought it was a really good episode, and uh, if you're interested in virtual PLCs and soft PLCs and that kind of stuff, I think you'll enjoy this as well. So you right now, you the best place to find that is theautomationblog.com, or um, you know, uh, any other place we live stream to, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and. X and rumble. So in any case, from there, we go over to an article from the society of manufacturing engineers, SME, and they have a new article about automation production tracking optimizes OEE. So I think we're all familiar at this point with overall equipment, effectiveness or efficiency, depending on who you talk to. And uh, I used to love using plant metrics back in the day. I think it's factory talk metrics now, but plant metrics, which is based on rascal or transaction manager. And, uh, you know, just creating those OEE reports, right? And so I think I showed you guys my bottling demo before, which Rockwell borrowed without permission and used in their marketing collateral for 15 years. (laughs) But um, that was designed to generate uh, information for an OEE system. And so OEE is important. I know some people have done a great job. Some plants have done a great job implementing it, while others have not. And um, I think this article talks about how you can be successful uh, with your OEE deployment by uh, doing automatic production tracking, right? And so a lot of people just ha- end up with a lot of data, but they don't actually turn that data into information. That's what OEE systems can do, but you've got to get the right data and you have, to, you have to get it in the right format to be able to make it useful. So I thought it was an interesting article and you guys may too. From there we go to uh, Premio. And i really enjoyed this article it's what is the difference between thunderbolt and usb type c and i know we've covered articles like this in the past but it's been a few months and i thought they did a great job uh covering it i'm going to add this with the with the uh, edu tag over at automate.news because i thought it was very educational and um, one of the things i really liked about i mean usb4 is very much like thunderbolt but there's a couple things you can't do with uh, usb4 and uh, one of them is daisy chaining now daisy chaining can be a game changer right because like I trying to run like all the USB devices I have you should see the pile of USB hubs I have here right 3.0 hubs and expensive cables and daisy chaining could be a game changer because you don't need a hub and I'll tell you it's just as when you're when you're running lots of USB devices you can just run into all kinds of problems you know especially with the cables and their durability and then lasting long time so we've been at this for over 10 years now and I'll tell you it's it's been, a, it's been a little bit of a nightmare. So daisy chaining can definitely be a game changer when it comes to that. And that's where Thunderbolt, um, especially version 3 and 4, which is, uh, you know, has the same uh, physical design as USB-C, um, becomes, uh, or I think could be a really game changer. Um, but besides that, when you start comparing to, you know, um, USB 4 and Thunderbolt 3 and 4, I mean, they really do very similar things otherwise. Uh, they support up to 100 watts of power. They can support 4K monitors um, up to, like USB 4 goes up to 4 gigabits, just like uh, Thunderbolt 3 and 4. So you can see all this on the chart if you're watching. But for me, it's the daisy-chaining uh, that uh, I just think is going to be going be big. But in any case, great article from Premio, so I wanted to share that with you. Um, we have a shorter article over at Global American about choosing the right onboard storage for your industrial computers, and I thought they did a good job of going through sata mve and m2 and um so if you're interested in that check that out and from there we have an interesting article from antera now antera is an industrial switch company predominantly that's how we know them and they've been on the show and talked about their switch products but uh this article is entitled revolutionizing revolutionizing manufacturing the role of industrial ai and i thought this was very interesting i'm just going to cover some of the bullets with you so uh, they have, I think, four industrial uh, AI use cases. The first one is predictive maintenance, and we've talked about how algorithms are getting better and better, and just really empowering predictive maintenance to be like next gen, right? Just like our home home speakers are really next gen from when they first launched, right? From when Siri first came out, and now what Siri can do on your iPhone, or what Alexa or these other devices can do. It's just It's night and day. They've invested so much money and research into these things that they really can do some amazing things, right? Um, So we're seeing that with AI, both in predictive maintenance. And I'll jump down to uh, number four, machine vision. So we've talked about that a lot. We've had people on like Balif and we had people on like IFM to talk about their smart cameras and readers, right? And how AI is just revolutionizing that, making it so much simpler than, you know, if you were doing vision 30 years ago, it was like... It was very cumbersome, right? With all the boxes and fr- things you had to set up and uh, amazing, amazing how much easier it's getting with, uh, with these new, uh, with, with this new code they've come up with, which a lot of people call AI. Um, um, the, another one they talk about is supply chain. uh, let me see if I can say that correctly, supply chain chain, chain management. See, this is live TV. So you make a mistake, it stays in, um, but in any case... Um, I remember back in the day where uh, distributors started going to vendor-managed inventory, and uh, the vendors had these big data sets. They knew their production capabilities, and they could monitor the, the um, distributors' their inventory live, and they could determine when they needed an order, when they needed to send them something new. They could look at histories and trends. And that's really next-generation type of uh, things that, you know, you see, you saw in the retail maybe 20 years before with them all opening up their own distribution centers and getting read, uh, away from independent distributors. And um, so I definitely think we'll see more and more of that on the supply chain side. And a lot of times, you know, um, you know if you buy a product from, uh, like, let's, let's say a Best Buy, ours is closed, we don't have one anymore. But um, that serial number is automatically registered uh, from you to the vendor so they know that you already have the product. So that's pretty cool. But in any case, the last one they talk about is lights out manufacturing. And I, this one I don't buy because I, the more automation put in, the more support you're gonna need, right? You have lots of robots that are gonna need maintenance, right, so I, this whole lights out manufacturing, I know a lot of people are gun ho for that, but I think you're always gonna wanna have people in the mix, right, and a lot of you'll see that from a lot of the AMR and AGV companies. They talk about collaboration. Of course, the Cobot people talk about that too. But in any case, uh, interesting article, so I wanted to share it this morning. Uh, From there, uh, we have an article from DigiKey. This is talking specifically about specifying soft starters and uh, the examples they use. I'm I'm assuming this is sponsored by Schneider because they're using Schneider soft starters as an example in this article. And so if you you need some brushing up on soft starters or have a junior person on your staff, uh, you may want to have them check out this article. Uh, from there, oh, I just did want to announce that we did release, uh, yesterday was Wednesday, and we did at 3.30 have our latest podcast out. Now, this one is sponsored by Schneider, meaning no ads. So whenever um, a company comes in and say, hey, we want to underwrite the cost so it'll be ad-free, you don't have to see any ads. Even on YouTube, you don't have to see any ads. So that's great, right? So in any case, we really appreciate it when they do that because it costs, it takes us about eight hours to produce each episode. So in any case, this, uh, this latest episode, this is uh, 187. And this is on their Altavod machine drives. Now we do get into the process drives a little bit at the end. We kind of just kept going and going. Um, it's still uh, about an average length, about 40, 45 minutes. But in any case, I really learned a lot about their drive line, and they have some awesome software. So definitely worth checking out. I love the software, the built-in trending, and the software works with almost all of their drives. And I thought the guys did a great job over at Schneider. Um, really just kind of making it accessible telling some funny stories while we were going through the podcast and so on so really look forward to having them back on it's really been a pleasure we've done PLCs we've done HMIs and we've done drives now with them and it's just um, it's just great we want to do this with all the vendors because we are fans of industrial automation and we want to know what everybody's doing we want to be up to speed and you know I think the days are gone where you just use, one product, even if they're, you know, one brand name, even if their product is bad for the application you need it for, not every brand is going to have the best in class in every product, right? Now, a lot of vendors have best, in, you know, have uh, very good products in most applications, and that's cool, but um, sometimes you need to you need to use a different product to get the exact performance you need, and so knowing about what the other guys are doing, it's I think it's important in any case all these big vendors they, they wouldn't stay in business if they didn't make good products so, so they all we know they all make good products but in any case um we do have some uh, new podcasts already recorded we get some more uh in the bucket uh, to be recorded so we're excited to keep the automation podcast going in 2024 we're going to try to do 52 episodes again this year um, it's a it's it's pretty intensive to do that recruiting vendors to come on and all everything that goes into it but we want to keep it going because um, I, all the metrics we have show we are number one in industrial automation for a show and podcast. So, and that's because of you, our audience, that's not because of us, but it's because of you guys, you guys are just great. Um, from there, we go over to our featured guide of today. Today I'm featuring our S7 1200 guide. So if you're a regular viewer of the show, you know, we have over 1700 articles and videos and I'm sure it's over that, but I'm just going to continue to use that number until I have a chance to, to do the year end, uh, the year end, uh, tallies that we always have to do. But in any case our s7 1200 guide has over 40 videos and articles in it it's completely free just go to automationblog.com and click on guides and you'll see all the different guides we have this is these are not all the products we cover these are just the products that we have like 40 or more articles on or videos on so we do cover mitsubishi we do cover schneider we do cover a lot of different vendors up there banner and 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 a lot of these people ifm but the, the guides are the ones where we have like a massive amount of number of articles on So in any case, from there, we go over to uh, events, right? So what's coming up. So if you're interested in learning about Profinet, which is just, you know, an industrial automation communications over ethernet, uh, that's the way I look at it. um, uh, They have some one-day classes coming up in January and February. So in San Diego, it's January 30th, San Jose, it's February 15th, Seattle, it's February 29th. So the West Coast for the win, apparently in these training classes. So the link will be at automate.news if you want to know exact dates and times and costs. But I do want to share that with you this morning. We also have Horner Automation. They have uh, their weekly uh, live stream coming up. It's in five days from now on January 16th at 2 p.m. They're going to be talking about what's going to be new for their products in 2024, what they're working on. I think this week's was what came out in 2023. Now, if you're not familiar with Hornet, they do a weekly live stream. is One of the reasons we cover them is they're constantly talking about industrial automation every week, right? But we also uh, got them on our show, and it was so interesting to learn about their all-in-one PLC HMI I.O. system and the distributed I.O., and they support things like, you know, you hear all these things like MQTT, Ethernet IP, BACnet IP, Modbus TCP. They even have some things that support DeviceNet, which I kind of joked that. I just picked up some old DeviceNet Butterstick I.O., to cover in my courses, so um, I definitely uh, uh, suggest uh, checking out this episode. This is uh, last week's episode, P one eighty six podcast one eighty six, and Chuck is just a great presenter, great guy to listen to, very technical. Been in the been in the industry for a very long time, so um, very interesting podcast. Uh, podcast number one eighty six. From there, we go to uh, downloads. We get new firmware for the semantics S two ten. Now there was actually multiple. Links to this, I'm only including one. This is a version 6.3, but be aware of that if you're using those. There's also a new image, like a hard drive image for the ET200SP open controller. Um, So I say hard drive image or SSD image, or you know what I mean, right? So in any case, from there we go over to, uh, also they updated their AI software development kit over at Siemens. As far, and oh, one more thing. Getting started with Siemens Industrial AI Portfolio. There's a new download there as well. Now, as far as documentation and literature, Rockwell released an updated version of their Factory Talk Analytics Data View User Guide. So this is version 4.02. So from there, they also released, I thought this was interesting, Operational Digital Twin Application Profile. In this uh, application, they have Factory Talk Optics. I had somebody write in and say, how come you're not covering optics? I just want to let you know, we have reached out to them several times to get them on the show they're just so busy launching a new product they don't have time to come on so um um, there is if you went to automation fair or if you if you want to talk to your distributor there is a lot of collateral from automation fair last year on factory talk optics i get to sit in a couple of sessions i don't do hands-on labs because i leave that for the customers the paying customers but in any case um There's a lot of stuff up there on Factory Talk Optics. And and we have an open invitation to Rockwell to come on the show. You guys know that. Uh, Actually, an open invitation to all industrial automation vendors to come on our show. Uh, But in any case, this application profile includes or covers Factory Talk Optics, Emulate 3D, MagMover Lite, and then uh, some Microsoft Azure products. Okay, so from there we go over to Emerson has some new uh, uh, publications out. The first one up is their 64 and 67C direct operated, uh, direct operated regulators. They also had uh, a new quick stock guide on the Rosemont 3051G pressure transmitter. And finally, they had an update on their um, field view, 4400 digital position transmitter. Okay, uh, as far as Siemens goes, they had an update on their industrial AI software development toolkit. And they also had, and I, I don't know anything about this product, but it looks cool. And uh, they have a new, uh, manual on their robot pick, robot pick AI version 1.1. And with that, we go into our science and technology section, other science and technology outside of industrial automation, two articles I wanted to share with you today. The first one is about, uh, a chip that was, uh, shown at, uh, CES 2024, this, this AI chip from new chips and EU chips, um, can sit in a PCIe expansion bus and allows uh, computers like desktop computers to run um, AI, right? So like uh, I think the example here, they demonstrated running uh, Meta's popular Lambda 2 7B large language model offline. So it wasn't connected to the supercomputer in the sky, like most of the time when you're using these, AR. it was run completely offline using this AI chip that was just added to a standard computer. So I thought that was interesting. And there was another interesting article here. It's talking about single photon sauce reaps gain for quantum internet. So um, this is kind of a heady article, but what I thought was interesting about this is they doped a, uh, they used a, um, instead of doing something and most of the times, to get a single photon source, they have to do some kind of like really rare earth stuff, or they have to jump through a lot of hoops, cryogenic or whatever. But in this case, they were able, they were able to take a simply a, a simple fiber optic cable that was doped with a common material, and using a stepper motor to stretch it out to make it very thin, right, a very precise diameter. Uh, they were able to very cheaply make a single um, a single photon source. So I thought it was interesting to see how they were using uh, the stepper motor to uh, to get that precise control for that width of that. And of course, we're, that that happens all over industry today. But that they were doing it for to try to get a quantum internet or quantum communications. You know, very very high speed. I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to share with you. And with that, I want to thank our sponsor, today, Siemens. The reason the show was ad-free is because of Siemens sponsorship. Thank you, Siemens. Also want to uh, thank everybody who's following us. We're almost at 1,400 followers over at automation.locals.com. Also, uh, if you want to let us know what you think, you have an idea, we do have a feedback link or a talkback link. You can just send in your random thoughts about the show. We also have a news tip link as well. And uh, I do want to thank everybody who picked up some of our collections over at the automationblog.com forward slash tab, T-A-B as well as anybody who's picked up some of our merchandise like coffee cups and t-shirts over at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop. And with that, just a reminder, if you're new to the show, every single link that we've covered in all, I think 159 shows now, you will find at automate.news and they're all tagged and categorized for vendor and type. So if you just wanted to see something from Rockwell or Siemens or Schneider or Emerson, you can actually pick that here in this drop-down list. Um, They also are categorized by, hey, is it an application profile? Is it documentation? Is it a download? Is it a press release? So that's all completely free over at automate.news. And uh, typically after the show, later in the afternoon, I'll get up there and I'll add all these in. Yes, I do that myself every day. So sometimes it's late in the evening. Sometimes it's the next day, but usually it's the same day. And with that, (coughs) excuse me, I just want to thank you for tuning in. I hope everything came through. Again, we're using new software to do this live stream. I hope everything came through. I hope you can hear me okay. I know earlier, the last, the first time we used it, the volume was way low. So hopefully the volume's up. It looks like it's really high on my side. As a matter of fact, I can overdrive it easily. So uh, hopefully you're hearing it over uh, well on your side. Hopefully the visuals came out okay and weren't blurry. And I just wanna wish you all an awesome day. And because we're on winter hours, we won't be back to Tuesday. So I also wanna wish you an awesome weekend. And I just want to encourage you, no matter what happens, stay courageous, stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace.